welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bass. And thank you for listening. David, yes. how you doing? Uh, I'm excited. Okay, why is that? That's, how, that's what I usually say. Sure. Is it um, true? Is it ever true? Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay. I have a thing at, uh, this is not what I was going to say, um, at work, and I don't even know when I started doing this, but... You know, when you work in an office, people say, how are you all the time? Sure. It's just a nicety. You know, you pass one in the hall, you in the, you know, waiting for coffee or for the water fountain or mm-hmm. what have you. Uh, people say, how are you? And my reaction, I don't know when this started, but I say, great or fantastic. <laughs> like, I really oversell it and I don't know why I do it. Wow. Um, but it changes things up. Because everybody else is like, oh, good. Good. Did you have a good weekend? Yeah, it's good. Someone asked me, how's my weekend? It was fantastic. Wow. That's what I say. I really do, you think people, do you think people believe you? Um, no, I think people know that I'm being, that I'm trying to be funny, but I think it makes people smile. <sighs> I think it would bother me. <laughs> it kind of bothers me right now. Um, well, um, that's not what I'm excited about, though. <laughs> Are you excited about the turkey jerky that you've just shoved into your mouth before you started talking? They didn't need to know about that. Okay, sorry. Uh, no one can tell that I have turkey jerky in my mouth. <laughs> no, hey, David, it's 4th of July. Do what you want. It's a free country. That's right. Um, no, I'm excited about the new Academy members. Oh, okay. Now, we talked. Yeah, this is a bad idea. Who did we, who did we have on? Was it? It was Brandy. Was it? Right? Okay. I think so. We talked about hashtag Oscar so white and all that stuff. Mm. Um, and uh, we had uh, varying thoughts on, on the whole thing. Sure. But um, I'm all for the Oscars being, uh, or the Academy being more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and this list is like someone was reading my diary. Okay. <laughs> it's, I do like the idea that every day you say dear diary and you say what happened during your day and you then say i would like the following members <laughs> to be in the yeah. academy and i got up to 683 people and that's who they uh whom they invited oh wow uh no i don't know uh, i didn't commit the, li- the, mem- the list to memory but um if you you start throwing out names i'll say i'll say if i'm happy or not <laughs> i don't want to do that okay uh, I will tell you some of the ones I'm happy about. Okay. Um, numbers one through ten. Uh, Miranda July uh, is a member of the Academy now, which is fantastic news to me because I'm uh, a huge Miranda July. Fantastic fan. the way your weekend was fantastic, no, or actually for real okay. fantastic. Okay. Um, and uh, also, th- there are definitely some. I-, I think people's reaction to this will be. Um depending on how they think of the Oscars. Cause I think even you and I think of them a little bit different. Probably. Um, cause I know you and I both have some problems t- with the, um, the way the, uh, sight and sound critic list was expanded. Um, although now I don't remember what it was. It just, they just went from a very small group of people to an enormous group of oh. people. And it seemed like it was intentionally geared towards, let's get some different movies on yeah. here. Which all it did was rearrange the movies that were there, but it, no, but it did lead to Vertigo yeah. uh, unseating um, Citizen Kane, and because I take the sight and sound list more uh, seriously as an arbiter of sure. uh, of quality, uh, I'm a little bit less okay with that. But and, Oscars, and you start to wonder, like, well, if they expanded it so much, why can't you and I be on there? 
and that's the next step phase two of our uh, world domination plan um <laughs> But the the <laughs> phase one has taken a while. I gotta yeah. say, well, you gotta spend money to make money. Sure, uh, has nothing to do with what <laughs> that. I'm, doesn't what I'm really apply. Um, Cross that bridge when we come to it. But since I'm, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, <laughs> good fences make good neighbors, David. That, that's true. Two in the hand is worth one in the bush. Um, so, uh, since I care less about the Oscars as quality and I, I, I never i haven't it's been a long time maybe yeah. never that i've actually thought of like the oscars as being representative of what is the best in cinema um i love the idea that something this this uh, visible um this high profile uh, as the oscars um can be a uh, can represent a new way of looking at movies that's not new a uh, new for the oscars but actually maybe represents the way that more uh people uh look at movies by by just simply representing more people mm-hmm. uh and so that's how i that's what that's where i fall on this you get yeah there's uh weirdos like Miranda july there's also people that like personally i think should have already been in the academy like the wachowskis um yeah that surprises me yeah uh and then there's people that i'm not a particularly big fan of like say uh uh Marlon Wayans, um, <laughs> now an Academy member, but um, I also have to remember like, that he represents a viable part of the um, film industry and business and uh, what people uh, look for as entertainment in in film. And I like that they're not that they're extending. Like I feel like I'm being a snob just saying this, but they're not being elitist. You know what I mean? I might want them to be a bit more elitist. Uh, you know, this was meant to bring in, you know, uh, I guess he's a little young, but like a Michael B. Jordan or somebody like that. Let's who was brought in. Oh, was he really? Oh, wait, was he, or was Ryan Coogler? Maybe both of them. Oh, okay. I can't yeah. Remember. It's, uh, you know, no offense to Marlon Wayans. He is a, uh, hang on now. <laughs> I was about to say he's a perfectly fine actor. Uh, hang on. He was, I, I liked him in Requiem for a Dream. There you go, yeah. Uh, I remember enjoying him in The Lady Killers. Uh, there are others, I have no I doubt. I saw White Chicks. I, I did not. You know what? It could be amazing. I'm sure Armand White loves it. Um, <laughs> that's... Um, it, what, because he, he just likes bad just movies a hunch. people cross Just dress. a hunch, yeah. Because <laughs> um, he defended Jack and Jill. Um <laughs> No, it's uh, no White Chicks is not a good movie, but Terry Crews is amazing in it. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, of course he is. Is he in the Academy? If oh, this, I hope if so. this got the, if this got Terry Crews into the Academy, I will rethink everything I've said about uh, about these new rules. Um, and yeah, for me, ultimately, what it, I think I land on: Will this get more movies made that are different? And different doesn't always mean better, but it can be at least refreshing. At least we're getting slightly different bad movies. Um, right, I'm, does this mean more movie, more interesting movies will be made? Movies from a different point of view. And while I recognize that, you know, I always viewed the Oscars so white issue being a Hollywood issue, and the Oscars were a symptom. But if you can, if by treating that symptom you can actually start to heal the disease oh, a little bit, yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with it too, and I'm interested to see if. Because I mean, seven hundred or six hundred eighty-three people is a lot of people. Yeah. But the academy is also has a lot more. It's huge. People than yeah. that. So I'm not sure how much um, 
this can't I will be interested to see how much this changes the the list of nominees. But and it's it's you funny. know you know it's it could amount to nothing but a drop of water in the ocean. But what is the ocean but a multitude of drops? <laughs> that is of course from Cloud Atlas, directed ah, by the Wachowskis, indeed, and Tom Tickfair. Um, two of those three people are now in the Academy. <laughs> I'm not sure about Tom Tickfair. Two out of three ain't bad. Um, <laughs> that. Uh, Oh, I completely forgot what I was going to say. Because now you're thinking about Cloud Atlas. I am thinking. And, and I watch it again. And I'm immediately confused. That's not true. I like Cloud Atlas quite a bit. Um, so, okay. Uh, shoot. I had something really insightful to say. Then you, the had to, then you had to quote Cloud Atlas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess is insightful in and of itself. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah, I think, we can, uh, I think we can probably move on. If it strikes me uh, halfway through the episode, I'll think of it. Right, and I'll so say it. this is something where uh, we're, we seem to be pretty happy about. Yeah, um, you've got something. You got a bone to pick. Yeah, and it's not a new one. What's Other people have mentioned Tyler. It. Yeah, we, <laughs> weekly <What's>, segment. <laughs> what's eating at Tyler? <laughs> what's my beef? <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is not new. Other people have mentioned this, uh, but and I may have mentioned it myself in the past. I certainly know I've tweeted about it. Um, I am frequently astonished by just how utterly worthless CinemaSins is. Uh, it is specifically the, you know, they, they do other things beyond the everything wrong with, but that's, that's their big thing. That is their, that the is their moneymaker. Mm-hmm. And so I'll start, I'll, I'll speak specifically about the everything wrong with. Um, it is, I've already said worthless, so I'll say useless. Um, I don't, it started years ago as, Hey, here's a bad movie. We're going to go through and point out all the things that are ridiculous about it. All right. Plenty, plenty of things do that. You're one more person. Go ahead. But then they start doing it with, with good movies and okay, sure. That's fine. But then they'll also just count things that aren't necessarily bad. It's more like, Oh, this woman is, uh, this attractive woman is not dressed like this or whatever to just whatever, whatever horseshit. And, and she's like, okay, I, I see what you're trying to do. Maybe in saying that you're trying to be funny. Nobody's turning to cinema sins for like in-depth film criticism. <laughs> they are maybe turning to it for some kind of comedy, but it's just, I, I feel like I have a, I can, I can have a fairly broad sense of humor. I, I'm, I can is be fairly you keep watching these because you're looking for the comedy. You're like someday this next one is going to be the one that has laughs in it. Uh, it's gotten to the point that I'll click on one cause I'm curious. And then I make it about one minute in and I just think, why am I doing this? First off, they already got my click, damn it. But also just, this is nothing. It is literally the biggest waste of your time. And you and I were talking before. It's not if you are the kind of um, angry, insecure, misanthrope nerd who wants to feel like they're smarter or better than the movies that everyone loves. But this isn't even that. It isn't even that. I wish it were that. That's a point of view. 
this is just nothing. This the, <laughs> the guys that in the in the narrative, like the the one that put me over was uh, Alien. They did Alien recently, and they'll go through and they'll like take away numbers of sins because of how great the movie is here and there. And I just thought, like, look, nobody, they're not saying it's a bad movie. This is just their shtick now. Except the stuff that they come up with is not bad. And it's and they also don't phrase it in a way that's particularly amusing. So it's not even like the 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 contrarian. Oh, now is my chance to really uh, tear into movies that everybody loves. It's not even that. I would have more respect for that. This is just. It is the most vapid thing. It is just. It is and and uh, there there's a guy who's been doing videos. Uh, I've watched is, exactly one of these ever, and it was for the third Christopher Nolan Dark Knight movie. Which is the Dark Knight Rises? Rises. That's <laughs> I drove yeah. blank for yeah. a second on what it was called, and that's one that it might actually make sense for, because there are major holes in that movie, and you can actually point out what's wrong with it, like logical fallacies. I don't get a lot of pleasure from that. Some people do. I do remember there was one thing that actually was funny that it was pointed okay. out to me, which is Batman like fighting a bunch of guys at once, <clears> and one of the stunt guys playing the bad guys just falls down even oh, though yeah. he hasn't been hit. Yeah. It's just like that's the choreography is at this point you need to yeah. fall down. That's funny to me. Yeah, and but any number of people have pointed that out. You didn't need it to be there. The thing itself right. is funny. Um, and, yeah, and I just, and there's a guy who makes videos which is everything wrong with everything wrong with and he goes through and points out why that is neither a joke nor a flaw uh and so i appreciate what he's doing but it just so before we start recording you actually brought up the the honest trailers now i'm not a big fan of honest trailers either but those are infinitely better than this (laughs) thing because they at least uh they will it will require editing where they're editing this into what could appear to be a trailer. They bring a guy who's bringing a guy whose voice sort of sounds like a trailer guy. And they, at least, you know, in doing that, they, they uh, are playing by one of my rules of comedy, which is it's funny to have somebody with an official voice say unofficial things. Sure. Um, I know that's a little broad, but uh, it gets me every time. And if you watch Fishing with John, you'll see absolutely a, maybe the <laughs> pinnacle of that school of comedy. That's that's not that's about it, I think. Uh, and so, and there, and what with honest trailers, they're often pointing out. Yes, they'll point out things about the movies, but then they'll also point out kind of just the goofiness of trailers in general, and uh, by formatting it a certain way. Again, they're not that good, but. And eventually, and after at this point, they're, I think they're they wind up really self indulgent and stuff like that. But um, I wonder what that's like. Sorry, we can move on. Never no, mind. I, no, I mean everything we do every week. That's I'm not talking true. about this particular. I'm just talking about we've been doing the show for so long that we 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 become a like many podcasts. We become an Ouroboros. Sure. Tale. That's true. It is. It actually is kind of our, what we've said our hallmark is, is we're just, we'll just talk around something and not achieve anything. And end up where we started. And end up exactly where we yeah. started, like a snake eating its own tail. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, uh, I just don't understand the appeal of CinemaSins. And, you know, maybe people like myself, maybe there's thousands of people that click on it because they hate it so much. Uh, yeah, and I don't, I gotta tell and you I don't it, click on every one. Um, you don't have to watch them. No, I know, and I and I'm not going to. 
when I realize that even when I try to watch one, I can only make it a minute in. That's when it's like, all right, the next step is just to not click on it at all and just know it's going to be bad. Um, and I just find myself wondering, look, everybody, you know, as, uh, as Jimmy Pardo would say, look, everybody's got to have a job, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> says it in the most dismissive way. Uh, you know, good for them. They found a way to make money online. It's more than you and I have done. Uh, we make some. Money. We make some money. They've. This is their living, undoubtedly, and yeah. good for them. We don't, yeah, we don't make but a living. But at this. the same time, I can defend virtually any profession, and I can see the contribution that it is making. I see no contribution here. It is adding exactly nothing to. We got to get these guys on the show. Ugh. And you know what? All they would do is make observations about a movie. They would not analyze it. They would not break it down. They would not even say their opinion of it because that's really all it is, is it's, it's, uh, it'll be everything wrong with alien in 13 minutes or less. What it winds up. So you could say by everything wrong with that basically is out the window. So it's just some basic uh, observations about cer- a certain movie in an arbitrary amount of time because they don't give themselves to the limit. They don't say 10 minutes or less. And it's the same for every movie. Sometimes it'll be 17 minutes or less. Sometimes it'll be nine minutes. It's or less. reverse engineering those. Uh... Yeah. It means literally nothing. I can't think of that is actually maybe the best encapsulation of what oh, they do. Yeah. Also who watches that 13 minute video on the internet? I don't know. Actually. Uh, you know, yeah, I, if I see a video that's a, yeah, I'm, I mean, there's stuff that I will throw on, uh, like the longer, the better, uh, while I'm working because it's one less, I got to, you know, Hey, this is an hour long. Wonderful. That's an hour. I don't have to try and find something else. Um, but, so what, uh, what, what are these hour long videos? Is the, are these the political debates and stuff? Illuminati conspiracy videos. I watched one of those. Those things are terrifying. Not because of, not be in the way of the, the first right. And this is not your yeah. Um, yeah. road to Damascus moment. <laughs> exactly. um, yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I, fish scales I, still firmly in my eyes. I love that. Um, uh, that basically everything is an Illuminati conspiracy. Yeah. And I love it. I, lo- I like watching those videos. I don't, I don't watch all of them, but yeah. I, I do like sort of scanning for those kind of videos. Yeah. So. Okay. If I were, if I, there are so many, do you ever think, I look, I don't want to be famous at this point in my life. Too late, David, too late. Battleship pretension. Like, I think I'm now old enough and mature enough to see that, um, being famous would be more hassle than it's worth. Yeah. I'd like to be rich. Sure. But if I could be rich without being famous, that would be Mm. very much preferable. But I do sometimes think, man, if I had a bully pulpit, I would obviously charities. I would do all that stuff. I would advocate, you know, for for causes that I believed in and try to make the world uh, uh, a better place. Uh, but then there are also just little things that I would use my power for, mm-hmm. or just which is like, like I've talked about um, trying to convince people on escalators that you stand to the right and walk to the left. Sure, I don't know why there should be signs in every. At every escalator across the country mm-hmm. until people get it to their heads, stand to the right, walk to the left. I would definitely be a cause, uh, a thing for that. But a fun thing that I would do is I would intentionally, in front of cameras or on uh, talk shows, make symbols that I know the Illuminati conspiracy <laughs> theorists will latch on to. Oh, I would constantly be like making a little triangle with my hands <laughs> like that um, just, to, just to then 
that night go home oh, and yeah. watch the videos where people are convinced I'm a member of the Illuminati. Oh, no question. That's see, this is I do often feel like what are these billionaires doing? <laughs> you know, oh, they're they're buying another boat. Come on, you know, it just uh, faster private jets. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, do something, do something fun with it, like that. Mm-hmm. They they need to be you know visible billionaires, like a like a Mark Cuban or something like that, who is interviewed from time to time. Uh, yeah, you know what billionaires are doing apparently. What's that? According to Animal Planet and the series Treehouse Masters. Is they're paying people to design and build elaborate treehouses on their property. This is a show that I just described as stupid, but that I could easily watch a six-hour block of. Well, and you know what I will say? Uh, I was just describing, if you're a billionaire, you do fun things. That sounds like a pretty fun thing, actually. Yeah. An elaborate house in a tree? Are you kidding me? Make your very own Ewok village? Yes. Do you have Animal Planet? you got to watch this treehouse. I do not have Animal Planet, but I guess I could find it online. Yeah. Uh, okay, we can move on. Cinema Sins, worthless, waste of time. Uh, everybody associated with it should be deeply ashamed of themselves uh, <laughs> if they felt anything at all, which I have to assume these days they do not. Moving on. Okay. Uh, so that was brought to you by Movie <laughs> a, and everything to come. Uh, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Movie's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $5.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Currently playing on movie is Bill Cunningham, New York, the documentary about legendary fashion and street photographer Bill Cunningham. He recently passed away, so movie decided to honor him with this exuberant documentary about a man whose candid photos captured the pulse of the city. Now, I've not seen that film. Have you? Neither have I. No. I've heard one, I heard wonderful things about it. I think it's uh, five or six years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard wonderful things about it, and uh, it looks like a very interesting film. Uh, but there is also a special offer for you, the listener of Battleship Pretension. You can try movie free for one month. Just go to Mubi.com, that's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. What's, what's, what else is up, David? Uh, I want to tell you about TweakedAudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. Uh, we're big fans of them. We use them every single day of our lives uh, here at BattleshipRetention.com. And uh, they're available at a low, low price over at Tweaked Audio. Uh, but if you uh, put in uh, the extra effort at checkout and use the offer code pretension, you get one third off that already low, low price and no shipping charges. So make sure to go to tweakedaudio.com for your earbud needs and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. I want you to get us into it. Okay. Because this topic was your idea. And I'm fascinated by... So you was had, it? <laughs> yes. You I had the idea for this topic. Anymore. And when I brought it up last week, I was like, oh, it's the 4th of July. 
like our next episode is coming out on the 4th of July, we should do that topic you brought up all that time ago. You didn't remember bringing it up. Yeah. But then you said that you did want to talk about this because it's something you don't like. Yes. Which is different than how I, so now I want you to get us into it because this is not that, uh, I was surprised to hear that because I feel differently, I think. Okay. So, um, it's the 4th of July, so, uh, we're going with a patriotic topic. Yeah. Did I say let's go to it? Gonna do it? Yes, you did. Okay. Uh, so we're, we're going with a patriotic topic, which is quite simply movies that are American something. They have American, and it's usually two words, uh, American pie, American, uh, American graffiti, American beauty, uh, just to name a few, which we'll get into more in a moment. Um, now, are you counting if they have an article before them, the American president and American Carol? I don't, you know what? I don't think so. Okay. The, the only one that I can think of, because like, you're a big fan of the American scream. That's true. Uh, you know what? I, I feel like I wouldn't count the American president because that's a thing that would, that might actually be said. Right. Whereas an American werewolf in London, the American aspect of it is very important or an American in Paris, um, the American scream, uh, something that, you know, it could be, you know, like if there was a movie called the French president and there's one called the American president, those are notably different films. Uh, right. It's the, in those, in those movies, the, use of the word American is the, the reasoning behind it is self-evident. Yes. I think what I want to get into is movies where it's not self-evident. Like right. why is this movie? What about this movie? Despite besides just taking place in America or whatever. Yeah. Makes it an American, whatever. Exactly. Which is why I don't like this, this stuff. Uh, and maybe, and maybe I, I I'm, I'm probably fine with it in many ways, but, uh, <laughs> but it, I will really say, sticking to your gun. if you, well, I'll say this. I've liked plenty of movies, and I do like plenty of movies that have this. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk um, about American movie, American Psycho, movies yeah, that we like. Yeah. But American Graffiti. In, at this point in 2016, at age 34, if you want to get me to immediately roll my eyes at your movie, tell me that it starts with the word American. Wow. This is like your version of when it annoys me when movies start with words that end in I-N-G. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because there, to me, there's just something so not necessarily pretentious. It seems like somebody is it, like they're borrowing credibility. They're bo- not okay. from America, but they're trying this. You know, hey, I've got this uh, movie about uh, this con job. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to call it uh, American Hustle. And by adding America, we could have just called it the Hustle, the Big Hustle, whatever it is you want to call it. No, if we call it American Hustle, it just sounds more important. It sounds like you're making a bigger commentary on culture. And sometimes they are, and that's fine. But there's no particular reason that this sniper needs to, that this needs to be called American Sniper. Um, like, what right, is well, it? Except that he is. I mean, he's a member of the coalition. Sure. To sure. Set him apart from the Canadian or... That's true. Um, Danish snipers. But often, there will be this... That's just one guy, and this is just one con job. If you actually want to go really big with it, I can't think of what that might be. Um, let's see here. Uh, yeah, nothing. Actually, nothing is really jumping out here. Um, you know, if you want to go, if you want to go big and broad with it, 
that's fine. If you wanted, if you want to, if you made a movie called American War, and it was about Vietnam or uh, the the Second Iraq War, that makes sense because you're because the nature of the content is commenting on this is the way America does war. Okay. Whereas, you know. Uh, I re- okay, I won't say American Splendor because I was actually based on a on a comic book, and the nature of which is, hey, I'm a regular blue collar guy, and this is probably what a lot of American blue collar guys are are See, dealing with. But wh- I'm going to argue, I think that in pretty much every case, you can make an argument that they're using it for a good reason. Uh, it's tough because I can see why they would use it. I just feel like it. Just for whatever reason, it just bothers me tremendously. If this were called anything else, and this goes back to an episode we did recently about a title can contextualize the way you see the movie. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says American something, I will immediately see that movie or see the events in that movie as probably more than what they are. Now, sometimes they're exactly that, but sometimes it you know American gangster could be called any number of things. But see, that's exactly the example I was going to use because. I, that's that's how I approached this was to look at titles where it's not immediately apparent mm-hmm. why they're called American and try to come up with a reason why they might be. And what I like about American Gangster mm-hmm. is that it's a it's not it, it's a classic gangster movie about a black gangster, which is it's kind of a weird uh, or, or a not uh, it's an uncommon approach to take. Okay. We see movies about. Uh, black gangsters they are usually they would usually be filed under urban movies you know and that sort of thing they're they're it's not just the gangsters that are black everything about it is like us trying to be about black culture if you're really talking about like Mm. menace to society whatever like these kind of kind of movies whereas american gangster i think is saying something um by not um limiting Denzel's character to being like, oh, he's an African American gangster, sure. or this is a a black street gang that he's he's running. He is a gangster in every sense of the wor- world, in just as much uh, uh, in in just as much living color as uh, as as the Corleones or whatever. Um, and he's black and deal with it. That's that's kind of how I see American Gangster. Even though I don't really like that movie, I, yeah, I don't either. Uh, I've had fun looking at these titles and this is what I want to do a little bit and coming up with the reasons why they might have decided to call it American gangster. That one actually, I, I get it when, you know, when you, when you realize, okay, it's this, it's based on a true story. It's a, it's something of a period piece and it's this guy who, whose story is interesting. Um, and the idea that, that he is, cause I don't think it's actually a typical gangster story. I think actually the third act of it is, notably different than your standard gangster story. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> well, basically... I don't have a great movie for... A great memory for movies I didn't like, so... Well, that it's, uh, apart. that's uh, a huge blessing, I would say. Um, no, it's uh, where he and Russell Crowe actually work together to uncover police corruption. That's right. I did forget about that. So uh, the gangster thing sort of falls apart, and now he and he's working with the cops... Uh, to get himself off and to take care of what we 
understandably should see as a bigger issue, which is the people that are sworn to protect us, notably against people like Denzel Washington, um, are not doing that. Um, but, uh, but that's, and, and so it doesn't, I guess there's something about when I, when I see American in there, I feel like it either needs to be a commentary on something larger, not needs to be, but it, it, it instinctively, I instinctively feel like it should be about something larger or about something quintessential. Yeah. Um, and that's not, I, I think it can be that, but I think I often interpret it. And I would say this a little bit, maybe about American hustle as well. Another movie that I don't like that much, mm-hmm. but even though these movies will be seen by people over the world, all over the world, I do think of it a little bit as holding up a mirror. When, when something's called American whatever, as an American, right. I see it as, okay, what about myself am I supposed to see in, in this? And so uh, I often see it as kind of like finger-wagging a little bit, you know what I mean? I do in, too. In a way and, that I'm okay with. Well, and that's the thing is it's, it's finger-wagging in – and I'm okay with finger-wagging in a movie like JFK. It, it, it has earned the right to wag its finger at me. Um, okay. Whereas that's something not, it's not called American JFK. That's true. A, a, a American Ken, an American Kennedy. Um, <laughs> it's uh, no, I just mean to, to say that like um, I'm not opposed uh, politically with a movie saying, Hey, you've been asleep all this time. And, you know, really kind of uh, making you really kind of convicting you uh, as a viewer. Um, but I think I don't like the, the shorthand finger wagging. I see no finger wagging. Uh, to stick with that phrase uh, in American Hustle. I don't see it as coming after me and holding up a mirror to me, but then you call it American Hustle, and now suddenly I have to. And I do think David O. Russell is a smart enough director that maybe he is trying to do that. But at the same time, I, you know, I like that movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I never understood the huge uh, uh, Oscar love for it, and I think the best parts of it are Bradley Cooper and... Amy Adams and uh, and Lucy uh, K is a lot of fun, um, but uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I, the performances are all very good, but there's nothing particularly amazing about that movie, especially in the third act when it starts to wrap up and becomes very conventional. There's nothing particularly You're not a fan of these uh, American third acts. That's what you don't like. Yeah, you give me an American. Now, there first are no act. second acts in American Lives. What is Whoa. it? I don't remember. Is that Fitzgerald? Maybe sure. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's the borrowed, I said credibility before, but just when you say finger wagging, the nature of that is it's taking it to us. It's saying, this is something that could only happen in America or the way that it happens here could only happen in America. And I watch a movie like American hustle and I think, yeah, sure. Whatever. It's fine. I don't buy this as an American thing at all. Uh, but here's there are other examples of this, but, but we're, we're latching on to this American Hustle, let's say, no, it couldn't only happen in America. Mm-hmm. In fact, I hate that. As someone, you and I live in a city where people tend to say, only in whatever, a lot, and it's yeah. always stupid. Um, <laughs> and it's almost never true. Yeah. Unless you're literally talking about, like, street corners, where it's yeah. like, La Brea in third, yeah. only in L.A. Um, <laughs> uh, or you go to the man's Chinese theater and say, <laughs> right. only in L.A. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or like when Eric Garcetti was elected mayor, he was probably like <laughs> mayor of Los Angeles, <laughs> only in LA. Um, 
anyway, let's just have the rest uh, of the episode be this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is, I don't think that American Hustle is saying this would only happen this way in America, but it is saying to the audience, um, maybe it's saying, why did we call this American Hustle? Do you think like, why do you think what about this is about America? Right. That, that maybe this could have happened somewhere else, but mm-hmm. I want you to think about the fact that it happened in America. And I mean, I mean, I think con artist movies are often kind of American to me because, um, they're about like, um, the allure of cheap shortcuts to the American dream. Sure. Right. So I, I don't, uh, actually think that, there's anything wrong with American Hustle being called that? I don't think there's anything wrong with almost any of these being called what they are. I forget who I think. Uh, I think our our friend Wayne Fetterman was on Never Not Funny, and he was talking about going to a concert, and he never liked it when people said, "It's like, all right, get on your feet, make some noise." And I remember what he said. He said, "You know, if you do your job, we'll just do this naturally." <laughs> you know, you don't have to tell us this. I'm fine. With, I'm fine with naming your movie whatever you want, but when you when you use the, the, the title as, and I'm fine with using the title as, as contextual, you know, to, uh, to help us contextualize the film. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but there's just something that gets me about this. Maybe it's just the, the frequency with which it is used. Um, well, that's my whole thing with the ING movies. It's not, sure. Uh, it's just that it's done too often. And I feel like there's one almost every year, uh, maybe every other year, a, a, where a high-profile movie will be called American something, and it just bothers me tremendously because now I can't help but go into the movie thinking like that. And that's, again, I'm okay with that, but it, it feels like a shortcut. It feels like, Hey, all we got to do is title it this or they could, I picture in my mind, somebody who knows they have a somewhat mediocre film and they just think if we just title it American, this, then immediately we won't get credibility, but we're going to make people find meaning in this. Well, if the film is, is strong enough, we will find that meaning. Yeah. You know, I can watch American psycho without knowing it's called that. And I will definitely see something about America. I will definitely see a mirror held up to the American way of life, especially given when it takes place, Mm -hmm. the nature of, of the main character and his goals in life. It's so specifically American and I'm not, I'm not upset with that movie. Again, I can like these movies just fine, but that's, that's one that earns it's American, you know? Okay. Whereas I think some of these, you know, and I, I'll, I'll give American pie a pass because there's a song called American pie right. and he fucks a pie. <laughs> uh, so there is that. I'll tell you another one that actually, in my opinion, earns it is American me. Have you ever seen it? No. It's with Edward James almost, and it's about... Uh, uh, Wait, is this Michael Dudikoff? No, that's American Ninja. That is... That's, you know what? I did not write down American Ninja, admittedly. Um, what about American Ninja 4, Annihilation? Did you put that one down? I did write that one down, okay. yes. Um, but uh, American Me is about... It's on the top of my head, by the way. It's been, well done. That's a weird to... Uh, <laughs> that's weird to know. Um I haven't seen American me in years. I think I haven't seen it since high school, but it's about, it's, it's not unlike Scarface, except it's, it's a true story. Um, and it's this guy played by Edward James almost who is, you know, in the 
in the like Latino uh, gang world, and he spends time in prison and all that. And that's one where, because he and so many other characters, it's not unlike American Gangster, where because uh, everybody in it is is Latino and it is a specific type of, it's a very, it's a notably different gangster world than, mm-hmm. uh, than the, than, you know, uh, black or Italian or, or Irish or whatever. It's so specific. And, uh, in places like Los Angeles, it's so prevalent that I don't know. I'm somehow it, and also American me, like that is a very, uh, loaded yeah. word that uh, a character who sees himself as so essentially American in that way. It is like Scarface. It's only, it's like a better Scarface, the De Palma Scarface, um, yeah. which yeah. is uh, not very good. Um, yeah. I don't think it, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it probably isn't. Um, oh, I had a couple of things I was going to talk about. Um, it's always happens with these where I don't know which thread to follow. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a difference between, certain movies I think what we've been talking about is this idea of holding a mirror up or finger wagging or whatever Mm -hmm. it is Um, but then there are things like American Sniper that I think are maybe doing what you're saying that they're trying to make this that that they're I think they're I think American Sniper is assuming a pro-American stance in its viewers I think so um, and you and borrowing a little bit of that, I know. Yeah, our our, our friend uh, Scott, the uh, I guess unofficial third chair of this podcast, sure. um, sees more in it than certainly than I did, because uh, I think I might have called it the worst movie of the year. I can't yeah, remember. I if believe I did. you did. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, but I I do think that's that's more along the lines of what you're talking about. But I think I mean that movie crossed the Rubicon of terribleness well before, <laughs> like w- without its name. And I'm somewhere in between, uh, you and Scott, but, but that is, yeah, that's the thing is it's just, I find myself wondering and it's hard to know. This is all, this is all pure conjecture on my part. If that film were called something different, would you see it as jingoistic as it is? Oh, probably. I, I mean, there's still plenty in the movie, but, w- but I mean, you went in, mm-hmm thinking like it's Clint Eastwood. It's a true story about this, this guy who's considered a, a, a hero or a, an American hero specifically. Um, and it's called American sniper. I just, it just has such a weight to it and it could either be a weight of being pro or con. There's never a movie called American something that is just kind of uh, sure America, whatever. You know, I think there, the I think nature, there probably are. There are a lot of movies called this that we're not even thinking about. Like, uh, undoubtedly, yeah. Like I don't even know what. Like last year, there was a movie American Ultra, which I liked. I think I yeah. when we did our end of the year list, I called it the most underrated movie of the year. I think. Sure. Um, I don't know what the, I don't know why it's called American Ultra. Yeah, and there's <laughs> um, and that's and I forgot about that one completely. I liked the movie as as you did. Um, and but that's the thing. The fact that it was called American ultra did make me look further into the movie, which does have, you know, the, the government being against, uh, its own citizens at times. And so I thought, okay, maybe it's that, but it, that's an example of it. It forced me to think more deeply than the content actually would have me. Uh, I'm trying to look for links here. 
okay. between movies. And one thing, it doesn't work for all of them. One thing I'm coming up in multiple movies we've talked about um, is because of the American dream, uh, there's a certain amount of, uh, there are characters who are strivers. Sure. And often that turns them uh, immoral in these movies, like American Hustle or mm-hmm. uh, American Psycho. I, I think he's, I mean, immoral doesn't really scratch the surface of, mm-hmm. of what he is. Um, but in addition to killing people, he's obsessed with um, fitting in and being the best and being seen as other pe- by other people as, as the best. Uh, but then there's also the documentary American Movie, which we both yeah. love, um, which is a much, I don't know, I know it got some, it has its detractors that think it, it's mean to its subjects, but I think it is, a, I actually find it to be a warm-hearted look at yeah, some American so. strivers, people who were scraping together what they can to follow their dreams. Um, and I find that movie to be pro-American in that way. And I think I would venture to guess that people who see American movie as making fun of uh, a certain type of person or a certain part of the country. I think that says more about that person than it does about the movie. I think so. I, I, I always got the impression that those filmmakers are firmly on Mark Borchardt's side. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I do talked think... to him on the phone once for like five seconds. How's he doing? This was 10 years ago. Oh. He was calling for someone else. He called oh. my video store oh. for one of the other people uh, that I answered. I'm sure he managed to say fuck three times. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a while. That's a movie I need yeah, to rewatch. You should, should see it again. I've seen it many times, but uh, but it's been years. Um, yeah. So okay. So here is the question, and we've already answered it already a little bit. Okay. But we've answered it in just discussing uh, other things. So why? And I'm reluctant because we. I, I don't want to be repeating ourselves too much. So, like, definitively, why would somebody incorporate the word American into their title? Well, I think what we're getting at is there are multiple okay. reasons. So I let's, think there let's, is, let's break them down. There is some of what you're talking about, which is uh, stolen valor. <laughs> as stolen valor, yeah. Um, that's not what that means, as we talked about on the podcast yeah. recently. That has a more specific meaning. Um, I also think that it... Uh, I think often the title, even when it's not something like the American scream, which is a play on the American dream, mm-hmm. I think it does tie into the American dream. I think, sure. Uh, I, I mean, you can't boil America down to one thing, but if you think of America in terms of how we like to think of ourselves, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of, even among, you know, um, pinko lefties like myself um there's still uh, a lot of rugged individualism uh yeah. bred into us and i think uh we like to see stories about people um making their way to the top yeah uh whether it's through good means or bad they're both um they're not, they're not equal those those are obviously different takes on the american dream but mm-hmm. that falls into the same the same thing so i think those are the two main uh reasons uh, and then, I mean, there's the holding the mirror up, but I feel like that kind of ties into the American dream thing. So I think maybe I'm saying in 90% of chances, 90% of cases, it has to do with how this movie is an interpretation of the American dream. Yeah, I think that's probably, that's probably correct. And, and so when I look at movies like, uh, American Psycho or American history X, but that's, that's tough. Cause it's because um, American history is a subject in, in school. Um, yeah, there's a lot of these that don't yeah. count. Uh, but you know, American me, I would incorporate, I would say American splendor as well. Um, 
I, I would say that anytime you bring in a concept like beauty or splendor, I feel like you've now gone lofty enough that I'm okay with it. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think with the difference between those two movies is a one of them's good, one of them's not. Yes, but um, American Splendor, there's an irony to that title. To I think yeah. both parts of that title because yeah. of the life that he leads, um, that he chooses to lead. Mm-hmm. Like Harvey Pekar is, uh, I think what's fascinating about him is that he's a guy that you would, would, I think in your standard work of fiction, American fiction would be seen as a, you know, a a working stiff or someone at the, the lower rungs. Right. And the assumption would be that this person needs to get out or wants to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, but Harvey Picard, I mean, he's a remarkably unhappy person a lot of the time, Yeah, but he has no shame about what he does for a living. Um, and it's not something you would think of a, you wouldn't think of it as being splendiferous. Sure. Uh, and, and B that contentedness is not a part of the American dream, right? Being yeah. content. I mean, the, the whole thing is based on striving as we're saying. So being content is in theory, not necessarily, but in theory, not part of the American dream. So I think there's an irony to that. Whereas American beauty, I think a, it's the name of the flower, the rose. Right. But, um, I do think it is, um, kind of laughably lofty. <laughs> yeah. That's a movie that, uh, holds up that mirror. And then when you're not paying attention, it breaks it over your head. Yeah. It's, um, we didn't talk about it when we talked about misanthropic movies, but it's one of those movies that, uh, I think thinks or wants us to think that it has some uplift in it, Yeah, but it's actually a pretty cynical movie. Well, I think that's I, one I find that kind of ugly. I think that's one that, that, uh, boils down to everyone's bad except Alan Ball. Uh, and, and people, and people like Alan Ball. Um, so, uh, but yeah, um, man, I, I keep uh, forgetting stuff today. I apologize. But, um, yeah, I think American Splendor, I think another thing about it that I really, what? Speaking of things that you forgot about, I remember the word I was trying to think of an hour ago for us, three or more days ago for the listener. What was that? In the, uh, in, in the movie journal indoctrinated was the word. Oh yes. That's a good one. That's a good one. I have been indoctrinated into the cult of the purge. It has nothing (laughs) to do with this episode, but I've been thinking about it. It's been eating at me in the back of my mind since we did the movie journal. (laughs) Now, if they called it American purge, given the content, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. They don't need to. Um, but yeah, with American splendor, I think one of the things that I like so much about it is that, um, and I'm not sure if I would agree that uh, the American dream is purely about striving. It's about striving towards a life that you can be content in. I think where the issue comes in is people would look at Harvey Picard's life and say, surely this is not that life. Yeah, but I don't know that I agree with the first part. What? That it's about striving toward a uh, life you can be content in because I think part of the um, grosser part of the American dream is that you stop being content at, or you at every level. You move up. Uh, there's a, there's a term for that, that I'm, I just, I can, there's a, well, there's a, that's the thing is I, I guess, uh, I think there are a few different facets to the American dream. And for a long time, you know, specifically after world war two, people had an image of what 
success in America oh. and what the American dream looked like, which was, you know, you live in the suburbs, you have two kids, white picket fence and all that. And that is a life that is serene. That is a life that is content and comfortable. And, and if you can work towards that, great. But once you have it, you should be happy. Um, and, uh, and I think the dark side of the dark side of the American dream is the constant striving, not knowing when to stop. But I don't think that is considered part of the positive side. Um, but this okay. actually plays into – oh, and real quick about American Splendor. And then I actually want to talk about something uh, political. Well, I guess we already have been. But uh, something very political that has to do with differences between you and me. Okay. Um, with American Splendor, I think one of the thing, well, great things about it is that you are w- looking at this guy who seems to be fairly miserable and that sort of thing. And, and you're inclined to think, oh, this poor schlub. You know, he just works at this uh, – you know, he's a – works as a file clerk. As, as a file clerk. I yeah. was going to say filer. That's not right. He uh, works as a file clerk. What a miserable life. And then you realize, oh, wait, I'm watching a movie about this guy's miserable life. Or I'm reading a comic book about uh-huh. this guy's miserable life, which he took the initiative to create. And it has been created. The proof is that I'm holding it in my hands or I'm <laughs> watching it on the screen. And so you realize, oh, okay. So he's still doing the things he wants to do. He just not necessarily living the specific life that I think he should be living, but he has succeeded in ways far beyond I, uh, me or uh, ways that I ever could. And so it, it forces, and that the idea of maybe the fact that he is creating something and he has a wife that he loves and mm-hmm. uh, an adopted daughter and that there are people in his life that he loves, that maybe this is the splendor that they're talking about and then it comes in all shapes and sizes. So in that case, so many things about the movie and about the 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 comic book, but then about the title of both, I think that definitely does make you rethink the nature of, of his level of success or his level of happiness or his level of splendor. Um, so here's what I wanted to say. Okay. Well, real quick before you move on. Okay. The term I was trying to think of is the hedonic treadmill, which is the idea that, uh, humans tend to, as things change in their lives, they then normalize those changes. So yeah, yeah. you can move to a new city yeah. and everything's different in your life, but then it becomes normal. Yeah. Uh, and so what once everything that was once spectacular or new becomes normal. Uh, and that's called the hedonic treadmill where contentment gets mixed up for complacency. And you feel like if you're in one place too long that you just, uh, you're doing something wrong. I could see yeah. that. Okay. Um, I, I, I keep forgetting stuff today. So here is my question. I don't know the answer. All right. So you are a bleeding heart pinko liberal, whatever you want to call yourself. Um, social justice warrior. Don't fe- forget social right, justice social warrior. Just, you're feeling the burn. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> no, now was, you're with her. I, I've um, been with her <laughs> since the jump. Uh, so that's, With her from go to woe. So that's what you are. Um, I was going to say who, but it seemed more dehumanizing uh-huh. to say what. That's fine. Um, whereas I am a... Can, you know, a, a rifle toting, sure, immigrant hating, sure. uh, red blooded American. Well, you you cling to your guns and your Bibles. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, said by, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's spoken by one of the most obviously conciliatory presidents we've ever had. Um, sorry, yeah, I, I also, always hated that. You're um, you're scared. Sure, right? I'm I'm terrified most of the time because uh, the um, you uh, you represent a. Depleting status quo. That's it. You're losing your footing. Yes. The glacier is eroding around you. Yes. 
and I'm going to fall into a sea of Mexicans. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So, so we've set out who we are. Yeah. So that's who we are. Um, so, and I, but what I will say is that conservative though I am and conservatism, conservatism tends to be more associated with, I would say a superficial, though it is not seen as superficial by them. Uh, it is viewed associated with a superficial patriotism. Um, which is, you know, we love where they'll embrace iconography and act as though that is, that is patriotism, you know, like mm. they'll make a big deal out of, Oh, you're not wearing an American flag. Why not? Yeah. An American flag pen. Surely you're not an American. Or how about this? How about you judge somebody based on their actions and their words, as opposed to the thing they wear on their lapel. Now, admittedly, if he was wearing right. a swastika, I would be a little bit upset. Yeah. So I get to know cause You'll be hard pressed to find someone who considers himself more of a patriot than I do. But you know what bothers me? You might be more patriotic than I am, actually. It might be true. You know what bothers me? What's that? Uh, the national anthem before uh, professional sporting events. Okay. Because this is a private, for profit event. And now I'm supposed to be guilted after I get paid my ticket and paid for the food? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not at a rally. I'm not like doing my duty by buying a ticket to a baseball game. Why, why are you, it's like, it's like the, what you don't like about movies calling themselves American. There you go. This is a greedy corporate profit structure, professional sports that is now borrowing all this valor and glory from the national anthem. And I'm supposed to stand up and put my hat over my, you know, take my hat off and put my hand over my heart. Uh, uh, like I'm at fucking Arlington National Cemetery. It's not. I might as well be at Walmart. I don't know, David. You said <laughs> you said greedy and corporate. Uh, this is working for me. This is up your alley. Um, All right. You know, so that, nothing um, more American than that. That is. See, this is why everyone should have a podcast because that's something that has bothered me for years. Yeah. And look, I forgot that I have a. Uh, of a bully pulpit to stand up you here sure and, do. and tell you don't thousands be, of people why I despise the national anthem before sporting events. Yeah. You don't need to be a billionaire for that, David. Talk about your escalators all day long. I, if you oh, want. I will um, start a podcast about that. That feels like more of a mini series uh, <laughs> of podcasts. Um, no, it's just gonna be like, saw it again today. <laughs> just just uh, standing there, tapping their feet. <laughs> Not a care in the world. No one's going to get anywhere. And the and the uh, the podcast is called One Issue David. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay. No, but I did. So one track escalate. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, so my my question is. Uh, so though okay, so you're liberal. I'm conservative, and conservatism tends to be more associated with uh, with you know you don't desecrate the flag. You wear your flag pin. Blah blah blah. Now I've never I've never really considered myself that type of conservative, Mm -hmm. but maybe I am. And so maybe there's something in me that instinctively in a knee jerk way, uh, cause that's how we conservatives act purely in a knee jerk reactionary type of way. Um, maybe there's something in me that says, Hey, don't fucking use the word unless you're going to do something with it. Uh, that word means something. Mm-hmm. It means something to say American, and by oh, the man, and because now you're getting into another thing that bothers the, me. And the other thing that I will say that that strikes me as interesting, and it just occurred to me right now: how often do you see other countries saying French this, English this, Russian this? I, I remember uh, 
Oh, shoot. What is that? Hmm. I think it's called Tycoon. Yeah, yeah. Tycoon, a Russian something. Yeah, yeah. That the new that Russian movie. something. I don't remember exactly. But that's the only thing I can ex- I can think of. Did you I, see that movie? I did. Yeah, that was a good movie. It was bad. Um, Everyone but forgot I, about that movie. But I really can't think of anything beyond that. We do seem to be the only country that that does it. We like, obviously we're not the only country that is looking inward that is holding up a mirror to ourselves, but we're the only ones that seem to want to declare it, uh, in this way, as far as titles. Can you think of, I am really having a hard time thinking of any. I, yeah, me too. I got that Russian thing and that's not even the primary title. It's called tycoon. It's not even called Russian tycoon. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, there's Russian arc. Okay. There's that. Yeah. Um, I can't think of German, British, English, French, Spanish, Australian. No. I can't think yeah. of anything. Um, so listeners, feel free to yeah, throw in the comments. Yeah, especially section. if you're from another country, yeah. uh, let us know. Tycoon, so, a new Russian is always. Okay, yeah. a new Russian, that's it. So, and if, so obviously that's loaded with meaning. Uh, but so now my question is, because I just thought of this, I do apologize. I just thought of this. Why are we the only ones to do this? Do you have any hypotheses? Because I'm 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 fresh out. Oh, man, I would I wish I had known you were going to ask that question. I wish I I wish I had known. Uh, yeah, I wonder why why that is. Maybe because we're still young. Yeah, and so we st- we still associate ourselves with a narrative because we used to not exist and then we brought ourselves into existence yeah. um, and then became a superpower very quickly. Right. But I'm just saying we have an origin story. Mm-hmm. And so we think of ourselves as part of a narrative is what I'm saying. Sure. Whereas I can see that. a country that has just sort of been uh, a country for thousands and thousands. Yeah. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but uh, for hundreds of years, um, longer than we have maybe is there's more of a, a permanence. There's not a, maybe a a stasis to like, yes, this is France or whatever, but, uh, I'm not not a part of the French story necessarily. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. Now this might be here for some French people. This might be reductive and listeners from other countries, feel free to, to chime in. Um, if somebody says, I feel like if somebody were to say, uh, you know, what does it mean historically to be French? Now, they'll probably have an answer, but my guess is the answer will probably be relatively recent, uh, like in the last 100 years, maybe even 200 years. Um, Whereas if someone says, what does it mean historically to be an American? We do only have 200 years to draw on. Yeah. And so... Well, this gets me... Okay, and you were bothered by something something Oh, yeah, there's something else that I've always... I don't even know if bothered, but I've always wondered, like, what if there was a law, and this doesn't seem completely out of... Uh, like so you're bothered by crazy. something that hasn't actually happened. No, no, I'm this again. I'm not bothered. Okay. I just, I think about this sometimes. What if there was a law that it was illegal to name a private business after the country, you know, like just <laughs> America? No, like bank of America, oh, okay. American you know, airlines or like and... the American airlines. Yeah, yeah. The U S chamber of commerce. I know that's not a business, but as an organization yeah. that is non-governmental. Yeah. Um, like, uh, is that, is that like, that doesn't seem that out of bounds to prohibit if a country prohibited people from using the name of the country for personal gain. 
there was in the 1930s, I believe, uh, no, it was, I guess it was the 1920s. Um, there was a bank in New York. It was a private bank. It was a small bank. And I think it was called like the United States bank. Yeah. And, uh, there was talk that, um, I, f- I forget the exact story, but there was a, there was talk that the bank was going to fail. And word got around that the United States Bank was going to fail. And it actually caused a panic uh, in New York. And people started going to, I think, their own bank and wanting to, like, pull money out. Uh Um, And so I think after that, I don't know if there was a specific law, but uh, after that, you could say Bank of America, but if you say the United States Airlines or something like that. But there is U.S. Bank. I guess that's close enough. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Anyway, I just always wondered, like, what, what if that had been a law from the beginning? Yeah, it'd be interesting. That doesn't seem uh, crazy. But no, to come back, okay, um, to what we were talking about in the origin story. Yes. And the origin story of America and how... I, I like you, where we're going. We can talk about the history, but I'm going to get into something. The movie that we have, I think I mentioned it briefly, we haven't talked about it all right now, is called American Graffiti. Yes. It's the first one on my list. Okay. Now, I think what, we're talk- what you and I are talking about, about our history as Americans... Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that you and I are thinking about a certain history because frankly, we're white. Yeah. Oh yeah. Black Americans have a very different history and probably a different idea of what America means and how it started. Um, and so a movie like American graffiti, as much as I love that movie, I do think that it's insisting on a certain kind of Americana. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's saying like this, um, you know, white teen, uh, not necessarily rich, but you know, middle-class yeah. uh, experience. This is universal. Yeah. Fairly suburban. I would say, did uh, you say suburban yeah. already? Uh, no, I didn't, but that's a, a big part of post-war, yeah. um, uh, America is that, um, the thing we think of is like white picket fence, yeah. you know, in the lawn and all that stuff is being so quintessentially American, um, was, is specifically white American yeah. in, in most cases. Uh, and so I, uh, American graffiti is the title that when I think about it, I don't really actually really know what the graffiti part is even I don't about think that, yeah. the movie. Yeah. Um, but the use of American in that, in that, um, in that title does, uh, um, rub me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And that's because the thing like, is, there used to be, sorry, I, I, I keep interrupting fine. you, but like there used to be a, uh, Record store, uh, no, I can't remember the name of it, but it was near um, where we lived in Chicago, um, our second place. Um, it was like yes. a, a, a one or two stops south on the red line. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was right by the by my Blockbuster, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I can't remember the name of it. but they. It's not there anymore. Um, and nothing's there anymore. Um, That's true. They had, a, they had a section... They had like country music, but then they had like an Americana section. Yeah. And I always found that kind of weird that like, it was mostly like bluegrass, like folk music and stuff. It's like, yeah, this is a kind of American folk history. That's definitely, um, important, but, uh, and I think, oh, there's this, this is a thing, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, but this is a thing, because I like to read about clothes, like men's clothes sometimes, and this is a thing that, other, I, I, this is not my observation, other people have pointed out, that certain, like, types of dress, 
you know, like the Ralph Lauren type thing is referred to as Americana, mm-hmm. whereas um, the black American way of dressing is urban or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something other than American. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are more examples we can think of that fit this, but American Graffiti is the one. Uh, and I hate to single it out because I really think it's a great movie. Yeah, it's really but, good. Um, it's the one that I that I think of as being kind of limiting in its definition of what American means. Yeah, I'm trying to looking at this uh, with. Uh, I guess a few of these are period pieces, but you know, it's not like American uh, gangster or American hustle. It's not like they're looking back on their time periods and saying, "Oh, what a glorious time!" <laughs> right, right, right. So there is that. Um, <laughs> But no, I think I think that's actually a, a very good example because I I remember I think the 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 poster for American Graffiti says you know where were you in fifty two oh right and I mean clearly they're trying to appeal to people of a very specific age mm-hmm. and a very specific race probably of a very specific uh, class um, and you know I'm sure that there's probably somebody who is looking at that and saying I don't know not really being allowed to vote and uh, <laughs> not getting the job I want, but I'm probably qualified for that's yeah. where I was. Where were you? I think is the question you're more interested in. Um, and, yeah. uh, and it actually, it, honestly, that's one of the things that I kind of love about the fact that, uh, that movie, the birth of a nation is coming out that oh, they're just, yeah. yes. now they added the, but I like that they just take right. this. This is to uh, to avoid a Lee Daniels the Butler type sure, situation. Sure. Um, Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels the Butler. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I kind of love that. I kind of love that it takes. And I, who knows how many people in the broader culture know what Birth of a Nation is? But uh, for true. people like you and me, we know what it is. Yeah. In many ways, we know that it's his. You know, the in the in film history, it's a pivotal moment because it's a first feature length film and it's longer than a lot of films, uh, these days. I've still never seen it and I don't care to, I've seen clips from it in film school. I feel like, yeah, I've, I get what's important about the, yeah, I've seen techniques. it and it is, you know, I, I've seen it and I've seen the stuff that came before it. And when you watch it, watching everything that came before the film, you do really come to appreciate exactly how visionary it is. Uh, but in then, terms of technique, in terms of technique, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying racially, he's got it. He's got it worked <laughs> out. That guy has got. Why couldn't we just, uh, you know, elect him president? Um, but yeah, and so uh, obviously, yes. Uh, technically and artistically, there's this, and then so much of the content is, you know, odious. Um, mm. But I like the idea that this is that this new film is called "The Birth of a Nation," as if to say. Yeah, there are two different stories here. Yeah. So we're going to call it the same thing, and maybe you can look at them together. And guess which one's going to be much more offensive? Uh, you know, and and I like the idea of that. And actually, now you know, uh, looking at American Gangster, there aren't a lot of others. Maybe that's one of the reasons that I like American Me so much is that it it acknowledges that the American experience is not purely a white experience. Yeah. Um, and there's I said not, this, and this doesn't fit our strict topic but i said this about the movie last year um uh mcfarland usa Mm -hmm. um, which i think we talked about in our between the cracks episode um uh last year um oh remind me to talk about scheduling for next uh award season oh okay uh, to you off mic um but uh that's one thing i love about mcfarland usa is that it's it's saying that this 
community where almost everyone is uh, Latino, where much more Spanish is spoken than English. Yeah. Uh, where they, do, where they, you know, uh, tacos instead of burgers and all, all this yeah. kind of stuff. This is as much America as, yeah. uh, as, you know, I don't know, uh, Bedford Falls or whatever. Sure. Or, uh, Potterville. Yeah. Um, Grover's Corners. Is that, is that, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of the name. Is that our town? I think that's our town. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's our town. Um, uh, Grover's Corners. That's where I want to live, being a white guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, okay, so we haven't come to any conclusions, but we have sort of explored this a little bit, and I feel like I haven't... It's our style. I feel like I haven't uh, even really been able to verbalize what bothers me about it. It's more, of an, in, it's more of an instinctive thing. But I, what I like about this episode at least in the early part, is that uh, you and I were not on the same page. Which That's is true. something that should probably happen more often. Or the listeners would like it if it happened more often. They think they would like it. <laughs> until it actually happens. Yeah. Um, and then they hate it so much, and they get a nice little peek of our first year living together, and it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah, we don't want that. We've, we've grown up. Um, <laughs> I have. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah we, should, uh, we should disagree more often. I'll try to. But that's what those, we get to the end of the year, you know, and you, uh, you love Moneyball or something. That's true. Yes. And I'm a Moneyball detractor. We can, we can argue over specific movies. We'll do that. Yeah. You're, you're incorrect about Moneyball. We can, we we can latch onto that one if you want. We could just have a whole episode devoted to Moneyball. Yeah. You'd have to watch it again. We accidentally devoted an entire episode to the girl with the dragon tattoo. And I still feel, (laughs) I still feel bad about it. (laughs) Because I well, think I was so mean. <laughs> did we mean to devote the whole episode? No, to it that? was about something else. But at least half of the episode was about the girl with the, David Fincher's "The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo." Well, because you and I felt very differently yeah, about it. That's what started it, and so that was meant to kick off the episode, right? And then that became the episode, which yeah. is kind of okay. So after the actual episode, when you and I were done recording, you and I were both like invigorated or at least i was yeah and only when the listeners pointed out hey you guys might not remember saying this to each other <laughs> and then it's like oh yeah i guess i guess i forgot there was a we forgot there were mics in front of us um yeah. but yeah yeah but in the moment it felt uh, great yeah i guess so so you know uh, that's what it feels like to kill a person oh <laughs> great in the moment and then someone's like, hey, you know, you just killed that person. Oh, you know you what I guess? Yeah. You know what I guess I did? Yeah. I, uh. I won't be purging this year. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. That's where you can find uh, all sorts of movie reviews, including probably a lot of movies that start with the word American. I'm pretty sure I reviewed American Hustle the year it came out. Or I think you did. Maybe yeah. someone else did. I reviewed uh, the American Scream. There you go. Oh, that's a good movie. It is a good movie. Uh, and there's probably more. Um, we didn't talk about American Dreams with a Z. Uh, uh, it was on my list. I actually I never saw it. Uh, I actually like that movie a fair amount. Now, it's called American Dreams because the show in the movie is called American Dreams, and it's inspired by American Idol, so I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh, and that's at BattleshipRetention.com, as is this podcast and all the other podcasts in our fleet. 
you can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at DavyPretension. Also, my Snapchat is uh, in the Twitter bio. Make sure to check out my Snapchat. Uh, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Now, Tyler, your other podcast is called More Than One Lesson. That's right. Uh, what's going on there? Well, uh, we just did our episode about the 1963 best picture, Tom Jones. But I would say more importantly, uh, we are rolling out the listener submitted, uh, listener compiled, or I guess I compiled it, uh, the top 50 movies of all time. And we've, we're revealing them exactly the same way as we reveal our top 50 lists for battleship pretension because i'm the one that does them right um and uh so by the time this goes up i think you'll be able to see numbers 50 through 26 maybe even uh maybe even through 20 um by and large i'd say i'm pretty proud of the list i think it's it's uh my whole theory here was so we've seen what the list is for battleship pretension there's a lot of crossover in listeners. There's a lot of BP listeners mm-hmm. that listen to more than one lesson. And so I thought, okay, but just the context of more than one lesson is different. It is a, there's a spiritual component. Even if the person uh, listening is not, is not a Christian, mm-hmm. if they are, at, if they're an atheist that listens to a Christian show, does that make them the type of person that would actually value one type of movie over another? Even if they like this show and that show, uh, it's hard to explain, but when I look at the final list, the answer is yes. There is a, a lot of them, you know, you'll find a lot of the same movies on both lists, you know. Um, uh, I won't even give examples, but the order in which they show up is so interesting to me um, because there are movies that are in the top 10 that definitely have a philosophical quality to them, a transcendent quality to them, a metaphysical quality to them, uh, movies that are on a lot of other lists, but they don't often make the top 10. And I find that really fascinating. And so I would, and so, uh, we're going to be recording an episode that will go up next week in which me, Josh, Robert, and Reed. So all four of the hosts are going to get together and go through that top 50 and talk about where the listeners were wrong. That's exciting. So I'm very excited. Uh, my other podcast is about television. It's called Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. This week, Paul and I will be talking about uh, VH1's Barely Famous, and we'll be talking about the new uh, British series um, that's making its debut on Netflix with Anna Friel that uh, I want to say is called Marcella. Something like that? I haven't watched it yet. Um, That's what we're talking about. Thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 